Hi, I'm Gray Cause. Welcome to our podcast for uh, today. Today, I'm joined by Sharon Gannon from The Oxygen Advantage. And Sharon and I were speaking last week because uh, she's a really keen runner. And she was asking how, with me personally and how with my clients, The Oxygen Advantage was helping uh, runners. And uh, we both thought rather than just chat amongst ourselves and uh, talk to each other, we would put this on a podcast. So Sharon has got loads of great questions. So hi, Sharon. Welcome. Hi, Greg. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, this is a great idea because we did have a really good chat last week. And I suppose while we were talking, you had answered a lot of questions for me in a manner which was just so understandable. So, yeah, great to be able to share it here. Um, I suppose the key thing is to understand how it is that the Oxygen Advantage techniques can help me to, I suppose, get beyond where I'm currently at. So, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, time put into following a training plan to ensure that I'm mm. strong, to ensure that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to exceed my personal best. And I just feel like something's holding me back. And I suppose it's something that many people can concur with. Um, so how would following the oxygen advantage techniques help get beyond that? I think that's a point that you put across that a lot of my clients ask me and a lot of people who come to one day workshops ask. And I think how I would answer that is to say that there are two elements to the oxygen advantage. And the first part is that you would really focus on the foundation of your efficient breathing for training. And this is a bit that I find that a lot of people miss. So whilst training programs are great, uh, most training programs are great. What is, what is sometimes difficult with a generic tra training program that is not focused on you? So it's not looking at you, your fitness levels, your capabilities. And what you tend to find with a lot of running programs is all the focus is on speed. And obviously, we want to get quicker because that's what one, of our, one of our goals. And I really stress that as one of our goals because you don't just want to focus on speed over detriment to your health. And as you know, a lot, majority of runners, a lot of runners, I think anywhere in the region between 30 and 80% of runners are injured at any one time in the, in the year. Mm -hmm. So the way I focus with teaching with the oxygen advantage, I also teach the chi running technique is really looking at how we can reduce the risk of injury so that you can maintain a sustainable training program. But the first point is that foundation. And the first foundation is efficient breathing. And if you're looking at efficient breathing, you have to look at efficient breathing in everyday life. Mm -hmm. So again, that's something that people need to be aware of. If, you're, if you have poor breathing habits in everyday life, if you're suffering from a lot of stress emotionally and mentally or, or at work and stuff like that, then that is what you bring into your training. Okay. And one of, one of the big things, again, I find with clients is that they think that they should be breathing heavily. They should be really pushing it all of the time and working hard because if they're not working hard and breathing heavily, mm -hmm. then they're not improving their fitness. And actually, it's, that's the wrong way around. And again, you look at any training program and any, any fitness coach will say that the majority of any training program, 80% minimum, should be at an aerobic pace or an aerobic effort level. And one of the brilliant things about oxygen advantage, one of the key focuses that we use in oxygen advantage is total nasal breathing. Mm -hmm. Now, that is a real leveler, because if you're total nasal breathing, 
it's very difficult to go beyond your aerobic fitness. So you can't get out of breath. Okay. And that's the thing is saying to you for the majority of your training, 80% of your training, you do not want to be out of breath. Yeah. But you want to be working at an aerobic pace. Yeah. And I suppose that's a key thing because uh, there's this perception that, you know, if we're not sweating, if we're not panting, if we're not out of air, um, we feel like we're not working hard enough. But yeah. that doesn't have to, that's not, I suppose, that's not the, the, the basis of it or the foundation of it. And no. We can work totally efficiently and get all the gains physically from our exercise without yes. huffing and panting and exhaustion. Yes, well, you, as long as you're doing the majority of your training without that puffing and panting and exhaustion, mm -hmm. then the next, the other 20%, then you can, uh, you can um, push yourself a little bit more. You can do the different levels of training. So I'm not saying that all training should be easy yeah. because we want to challenge ourselves. We want to challenge our bodies. We want to improve our time. But the bit that's missing for most people is they think, oh, I need to be pushing myself all of the time. Yeah. And, and the statistics show it. People are getting injured. People are not getting enough rest and recovery. That's a major part of, of um, recoveries is not sufficient. And um, overtraining. Okay. And if you're overtraining, your, your structure, your body is not efficient. That's right. And you just touched off something there, I suppose, that brought it through to me as well as you know, for a lot of people who um, are, you know, be it starting off or even if they're running for quite some time, um, they're doing it because they know it's good for them. And I suppose they enjoy the headspace of it, but they feel like they're never going to get any better. They're never going to become accomplished. And you were talking about not overtraining and, you know, rest being a massive part of it. And the oxygen advantage also helps aid with that. It promotes better sleep. Um, and can you mm. explain a little bit about that? Well, I can, uh, I'll, I'll go back a, a little bit about how I discovered the oxygen advantage, actually, is that mm -hmm. I trained as a chi running instructor. And one of the focuses in chi running is uh, was nasal breathing. And also before I even came across chi running, I was working with a coach uh, a few years back who again introduced me to nasal breathing. Mm -hmm. So I understood from the point of view of how it was affecting me by nasal breathing, but then when I met Patrick and we went through the oxygen advantage, what is great is we can see the science behind mm -hmm. reduced breathing. You can see the science behind why you want to maybe slow the breath or take less volume of air in. So it actually, without getting too technical, uh, changes your physiology. So okay. you're, not, oh, you're not in fight or flight all of the time. And again, people think oh, I should be in fight or flight and really pushing it. Uh, mm -hmm. But you can... You can you can run in less of a, a stressed um, out a place. And one of the things I use, which is based on the oxygen advantage, is some very, very simple meditation practice. Mm -hmm. And that, in a sense, is, is that's what I work on as part of my rest and recovery in my training program. So like you, you mentioned, good quality sleep. It's rest and recovery isn't just about having a day off training. It's about having proper quality sleep. Yeah. And proper quality time out space giving yourself space you can you can be stressed out when you're having a day off training and that is not rest and recovery for the body true. very true and so um i suppose then if somebody was to implement the um oxygen advantage techniques um how soon after you start doing it obviously considering that you know taking into account that you're doing it consistently um how soon before somebody starts to feel the benefits 
I, I can honestly say with some clients, I mean, obviously it's different mm -hmm. for, for everybody, but what I like about the oxygen advantage and, and just the simplicity of breath work, because there's nothing complex about it, the simplicity of saying to someone, shut your mouth and breathe through your nose, it's as simple as that, as, as stage one, as part one, um, you can see results almost sometimes immediately because if somebody has really struggled with their breath and then you're just saying to them actually don't worry about breathing breathe a little bit less don't think about over breathing then that can change them from a completely psychological point of view mm -hmm. because just by saying that you don't have to take big breaths someone might have been thinking i need to get more oxygen in my body so i'll take a big breath yeah but actually that's not the case so that can change someone day one um over to other people it takes a little bit of time some people struggle with the, the idea of breathing through the nose sometimes that makes them more anxious so it's all about reducing the anxiety mm -hmm. but again with the breath it's i i see it you can you can see the results quite quickly with clients i i found that's that's for me personally with my clients and indeed yeah. with my well myself with the if you're talking about working on people's strength and conditioning and alignment and balance and posture that takes time mm -hmm. that really does take time because you can't just go all oh, right your hips in the right place now or your legs in the right place now that does take time so people have to work on that to see the results on that but with the breath it can be it can be remarkably quickly again an, an anecdotal um uh, point from one of my clients but she used to suffer terribly from uh, exercise induced asthma okay. so we would run outside and she would be like out of breath struggling at the end of the run session even though it wasn't a, a long run session mm -hmm. but some of the we just introduced some of the simple exercises some of the simple breath holds or breath pauses if you like yeah. uh, into her training and within two weeks she was like I'm fine and it, it did make a difference that again, it was very, I, from a point of view of psychological, yeah. because she wasn't putting herself into that fight or flight, because it's like a vicious circle. If you get into fight or flight, mm -hmm. if you start to overbreathe, if you start to uh, hyperventilate, mm -hmm. then it's just going to build on that. So just by giving someone the confidence, actually, yeah. just to say to them, look, you don't have to be out of breath. You don't have to force it all of the time. Yeah, because that's actually something that seems to be increasingly common now is the diagnosis of exercise induced asthma. Um, and, you know, it's so reassuring to know that it can be put right or rectified through proper breathing. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I think if I was to look at every five people I know, at least one of them has exercise-induced asthma. And that mm. in itself is a big reason as to why they decide exercise or running isn't for them, because yes. they can't cope with how it makes them feel. Yeah. And again, I'm not a GP, so I don't know... I'm, I'm, I can't um, diagnose or anything like that. But from what, as I say, from an anecdotal point of view, definitely with this client, a lot of that was that psychological stress that yeah. was put on her. And it was just from some simple breathing exercises, nasal breathing, some gentle breath holds before a workout, some gentle breath holds after a workout. And um, she, she saw a big difference and I saw a big difference in her. The other interesting thing, just to go off slightly uh, on a different uh, a point, is that what I also notice is um, in terms of posture, in terms of people's alignment, if you focus on the breath, sometimes you don't have to give as many alignment cues because the body naturally goes into a position 
where it is more controlled yeah. uh, and more organized for efficiency. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're not focusing on the breath, you can be head forward trying to get as much air into your, into your face and mouth as possible. Whereas when you just focus and keep yourself in control, then that often helps with your alignment as yeah. well. So, Well, I can definitely concur with that because, yeah, I know when I'm at a point, um, be it on a long run, be it where the terrain of the run changes and I'm having to exert a little more, um, to, you know, to, 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 to meet the requirements. When I get tired, basically, exhausted, fatigued, um, and I think there's, there's a lot around the whole um, lactic acid as well, you know, but my physique changes. Um, when, mm. when I'm not at that point of exhaustion um, and I am, you know, more in control, my posture is a whole lot better. Mm. I can see mm. where one lends itself to the other. Oh, definitely. And there's, um, uh, I can't remember offhand where the research was, but I think um, Phil Maffetone, who uh, works on a method where you take your heart rate. So heart rate is a good way to monitor as well. Mm-hmm. So he takes 180 minus your age and gives you a aerobic zone. So I've just been working with a client who's 60, so that's easy to calculate. So his maffetone aerobic zone is 110 to 120. Okay. So when he's running in that comfortable zone, then you're not overstressing the body. Mm -hmm. But when we were running slightly uphill, you might have to walk it because you would go beyond that limit. And now this is stressing, this is a really comfortable aerobic zone. But that ties in with the fact that if you then went a little bit too hard and you ran anaerobically up a hill, that's when your alignment will go. Then you, you, you push a little bit more and not saying that that's wrong in terms of training, but the majority of your training wants to be aerobic. Yeah. And a great, as I say, heart rate monitor is a good way to measure that. But the perfect leveler is just to say, shut your mouth and breathe through your nose. If you're, getting, if you're pushing it a little bit too much, you slow down. Mm-hmm. If you're pushing it a little bit too much, you walk. And it's, it's a difficult one for clients to get because they're like, oh, but I don't feel as if I'm doing anything. But they have to, they have to trust you. Yeah. And if they see, the, they will see the results because you are, look at any exercise program, look at any trainer, and they will tell you that you should be doing 80% of your training aerobically. And the oxygen advantage is a great way of setting that foundation aerobically mm-hmm. And then you've got the other exercises where we're increasing the breath holes, where you then can improve your anaerobic fitness as well. Hopefully get yourself used to more the buildup of CO2, which again has that knock on effect of improving your aerobic, your endurance. That's what we're looking at, improving your endurance. Yeah. And you see, that's I suppose that's a concept that people find hard to get their heads around because we live in a, a society now where, you know, things are so instant to us and yeah you know information technology everything's there at the click of a button and you know even even I suppose you know you see some places going oh you know we can do this in two weeks or we can and people put content on things you know achieve this and so when I asked earlier about how soon before somebody would start to feel the benefits of using the breathing techniques I suppose it's because people like things to be measurable and Mm. um you know they they like to, to to know that they're going to get the results um but I, the other flip side of it is sometimes and i think you said it to me when we were last talking is they just need to pause or slow down and mm. you know the, the key thing is not focusing so much on the goal but on the steps you take to get there and yeah something that really needs to be drummed into people 
that we spend too often wanting to get here instead of slowing down and working our way towards it, isn't it? Yeah, it's not thinking of the process. So think, think of the process. Think of the smart way to get to the goal yeah. rather than just reaching for the goal. One of the things I, I like to, to focus on when I'm teaching and when I'm teaching instructors as well is to say to them, don't use the word try. Because mm-hmm. if you say to someone, try and do this, it's a real sort of like, oh, I'm going to try and do it, but I can't do it. Yeah. So actually that, that's sort of like if we're constantly trying, if we're constantly putting pressure on ourselves, we don't give ourselves those times to actually experiment and play around and make mistakes and do things wrong. And like you say, people want quick fixes and it's all no pain, no gain. And in a sense, you, yes, you want to be working hard, but you don't want to be pushing through pain when you're running. If you've got a knee pain or an ankle pain, you are going to damage the body. This is it. It's you, you, you're, not go, you're not going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You, you, are, you are going to, you are not just by pushing and over breathing, you are actually going to damage the body and put a lot of stress and strain on the body, on the cardiovascular system, mm-hmm. on the structural system. And that's the thing I think we have to get across yeah. to clients. And it's to say, you have to take control of what you're doing. You have to, to trust in me as a coach mm-hmm. to be able to give you these pointers. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. Yeah. It's up to you to go away and decide whether this is going to work for you. But hopefully it, it does work for people. I've seen, I've seen the results for myself. I see the results for clients. And I think once people realize that mm-hmm. and realize that by slowing down, you will speed up. Yeah. It, it goes without saying, if you, if you become more efficient, if you become more streamlined, you are going to be quicker. You're going to use less energy to do more. Yes. And that's, I, I, love, I love that statement. Um, it is about using less to do more. And I think it's trying to help people understand how they can do that. Um, so I suppose if you were to sum up, I suppose, the key benefits for a runner by doing the oxygen advantage. OK, so we know about um, endurance um, and performance, but obviously there's the prevention of injury. There's come on, help me out here, Gray. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I thought you were asking me questions. Don't tell me, do you know <laughs> It's, I mean, going right back to basics, the key benefits for a lot of my clients, a lot of runners that come to me, just you say to them, don't breathe as much. Yeah. So that's one of the interesting things. You can see people's faces going, oh, my God, I don't have to work as hard. So one of the key benefits is that psychological aspect of understanding it's not about getting more air into the lungs. Obviously, when you're exercising, you need more air and you need more oxygen, but it's the appropriate amount of air. So that's one of the key things is saying just psychologically, this doesn't have to be hard work all of the time from a from a physical point of view. And then the the simple thing of just practice nasal breathing, see how easy and enjoyable Mm -hmm. your movement becomes, your running becomes to build that base point, to build your foundation, to build your aerobic base. Once they get comfortable with that. Uh, the, the other element to bring into the breathing is the rhythmical breathing, because the ryth- when you're breathing rhythmically, this is, again, people say, I really felt as if I was in the zone. It re- everything came together. And that, again, the science behind that, because if you look at heart rate variability in terms of how the heart rate goes up and heart rate goes down, you a different um, as your heart rate goes, as you breathe in, the heart rate goes up. As you breathe out, the heart rate goes down. So just working on rhythm 
is a lovely way to, to bring into practice because that can then equate to gears, if you like. So you can use the rhythm in terms of going a little bit faster, a little bit slower, um, but keeping a constant uh, what we call cadence stride rate. So that's, that's a whole, that's a really nice exploration for people to play around with. Uh, and then how you can increase your speed Mm -hmm. through ease, through adding relaxation, rather than just tightening everything up and hoping for the best, yeah. is actually the more, the more you're comfortable breathing, the more you're comfortable rhythmically breathing, the more you're just breathing the amount of air you need to breathe for what you're doing at that moment in time, mm -hmm. the more then you can focus on the enjoyment it's, it's, and, and you can put the power behind your running. Yeah. And then the, the other thing is, is the elements of the, the breath hold exercises or the, the longer pause, the extended pause, because then that really helps to, to build up your tolerance to CO2. And if you're building up your tolerance to CO2, again, that makes you be able to sustain uh, um, your running for a longer, longer period of time, builds up your endurance and gives you that sense of um, effort level. So if you're used to being breathless when you're not running, actually then when you start running and you get a little bit breathless, it doesn't feel as psychologically as difficult. So that perceived effort level is made a lot easier as well. Yeah, okay. So say, for instance, um, you were talking about, you know, how you could be running at ease for a period of time and you might need to pick up the pace a little bit or, you know, and I suppose it, some people who run are running at a steady pace and they keep at a steady pace. Me personally... I find I, I, I vary, you know, if you're talking about like, say a half marathon distance, um, you know, start off strong, usually always hit a small bit of a wall somewhere. Once I get through it, I call it my second wind, you know, and the legs take off again. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's all going well. And then if the terrain changes, so, so like, you know, um, in Ireland here, we've lots of hills. <laughs> and so, you know, there's no half marathon that I know of that has a flat run. And it's, it's hidden moments like that. It's how do you, um, I suppose, what changes by using the breathing techniques? What changes when you come to moments like that? Um, you know, variance in, in, in terrain and things like that, where you'd normally find that you're having to exert yourself that little bit more. And I, I find when I get to that point of exertion, I can tire and it can take a lot of effort to try and get myself back on a comfortable kind of a pace again where my breathing is okay mm. and physically my body feels okay because when I get tired I slouch over I'm and I'm struggling I'm struggling to, to to get back to the the happy zone I was in so like how does that work well, that, <laughs> that's a whole new podcast <laughs> um there's brilliant some brilliant questions there actually so the, when you get to the point where you tire mm. uh, and you get to the point where you lose your form that's the point where you should stop. Oh, so do you see what I mean? So this, <laughs> this is where this, this is where training comes into it because you you that's the point where if you get to a point where you are really struggling and really pushing, that's the point where you go right. This is the limit I have reached now in terms of my training. Doesn't mean to say you can't get better. Um, the other there's a few interesting things you picked pointed out there because when you meet when you say pace. One of the, the one of the things, and again, this is bringing in some of the chi running and the running technique, because obviously we have to consider the, the technique. You have to obviously consider nutrition and all of those elements. So, breathing isn't the magical cure. Neither is chi running the magical cure. There's all of these elements that yeah. come into play. 
But this is where you your confidence in training comes into it. You know you can confidently run a half marathon. So that's when you run a half marathon. Mm-hmm. You know you can confidently run a marathon. That's when you run a marathon. And you know you've done all of your smart training and that training program has been very much geared to mm-hmm. you because that's the important thing. Because what you consider should be your race pace might not be what your actual race pace okay. is. Um, and pace also is about the speed you're going at. So obviously, if you're going up a hill, it's a different technique or you're using different muscles and you will go slower mm-hmm. in terms of speed. But in terms of foot strike, in terms of cadence, in terms of stride per minute, you want to keep that constant mm-hmm. so that your rhythm stays constant so this is when i was talking about rhythmical breath and cadence that keeps that perceived effort level Mm -hmm. pretty pretty even and this is where when you're in your training if you're running a hilly half marathon then you're training on a hilly course that's when you want to be working on your nasal breathing so when you get to the point where you where you go right this is where i'm at at the minute that's when you walk it you don't push yourself beyond what you're capable of doing at that moment of time for the majority of the training okay. but then an element of the training your a 10% when you're doing your tempo runs or when you're doing your fartlek or when you're doing your interval mm-hmm. training that little that that is the icing on the cake but you don't want to be doing the icing on the cake without the foundation because guess what will happen you'll get injured yeah. So you want to really create that stable foundation before you build on that, before the next day. It's nature. Mm-hmm. It's, it just, it cannot, you cannot do it. So you create a stable foundation with your base training and then you have the icing on the cake of your hill sessions where you are taking your heart rate up, the breath holds. But that's the great thing again about the oxygen advantage because the breath holds can give you a similar effect as the interval training. Okay. Uh, so for example, quick example, again, without going off in a completely different direction, but if I'm doing breath holes, I can do breath holes with a squat and a kettlebell and get the same effect from a cardiovascular point of view as I get when I'm running hills or if I'm sprinting hills, I'm not a sprinter, so I don't want to push my body beyond what it is capable of doing. So I will use the oxygen advantage to give me that cardiovascular benefit. So a really long winded way of answering your question, but going back to the simplicity, it's all about body sensing. It's be aware of what is going on in your mm-hmm. body and knowing what levels you should, what effort levels should I run a marathon at? It should be a steady effort level because otherwise you're putting your body, pushing your body beyond what it's comfortable yeah. at. 5k quicker pace, hundred meters quicker pace they're different energy systems they're different ways of training so it's it's you having an awareness and an understanding of what you are training for how you are training and what you should be sensing when you're running it it's not just about a case of let's hold everything together and hope for the Mm -hmm. best it's like getting on a plane and the captain going all right well i think we're all right yeah let's go (laughs) you you need to you need to have your foundations you need to be confident in what you're your training is and I'm not saying that you weren't but I'm saying once you have that and once you practice those nuanced bits of training it makes a big difference okay sorry you can see me fiddling here with my um, earpiece I think my ears are too small (laughs) (laughs) sorry the oxygen advantage doesn't help with that (laughs) mine are too big (laughs) they just won't sit on my ears anyone listening back to this would be like what um 
Okay, you know, from you talking, I mean, I have a whole load more questions now, Grace. I think we're going to have to like check in and do another one of these. I want to sure. follow up on uh, on something you mentioned there about the cardiovascular training instead of doing hill sprints. In, uh, you know, applying some of the breathing techniques. So that's that's. I think that's a whole other podcast, won't you? Mm. Uh, definitely. I mean, it's stuff that I'm experimenting with, and I know Patrick. I know yourselves are as well, because there's not really people not many people out there doing it or looking at it. And to be honest, there's not many, not many trainers out there looking at breathing. Yeah. And this was, this was a big shock to me. And this is, this is where this is so important. Yeah. Um, look at your breath. And there's so many different misconceptions of what good breathing is all about. And it, just come back to the simplicity of it. It's all about really, really following the breath uh, you being in control uh, and just keeping keeping things simple. But yes, the 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 whole idea of interval training and reducing your oxygen saturation is stuff I'm playing around with. And you can get similar effects through the oxygen advantage with different uh, training uh, methods. So kettlebell squats um, uh, and barbell squats and cable pulls and things like that but we, we i mean i'm experimenting with that so there's there's no real research out there so it's nice to it'd be good to have a little chat about that at some point yeah, definitely definitely for sure cool well you've certainly you've 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 opened my mind a little bit because uh, <laughs> i know i know i reckon the oxygen advantage but i'm the person behind the computer so <laughs> the the science behind it um you know it goes a little bit over my head sometimes and um it's good to be able to get such clear answers from you and to, to you know have them put into context as well is just it, it it really helped me and i certainly hope that um anyone who's out there who like myself you know isn't a professional athlete um who doesn't always understand the terminology that's sometimes applied to certain concepts or techniques you know I hope that realize mm -hmm. that something as simple as our breath can make a huge difference you know because quite often we look at the training element and you know the nutritional element even though that's still something that's uh, underlooked sometimes but you know rest and um sleep and mindset and breath is so yeah so you know in the last couple of weeks I've become so aware of the benefits of breathing and breathing right mm. you know you think it's fundamental because yeah. we all do it okay we do it every day but it's amazing how we are not breathing right um mm. and the, the few changes i've made in the last few weeks certainly i have noticed um and feel the benefits so i'm just looking forward to um you know what's going to come next and um, because mm. i am applying what i'm taking on board and learning so i hope it helps other people out there who um you know might just be pastime runners who are doing their couch to 5k or somebody who's embarking on a fitness journey and is feeling like they're just flagged out all the time they want to run but they're exhausted you know mm. and, and are wondering mm. oh you know is this such hard work is it always going to be am i always going to feel completely you know gasping for me because you know some people really struggle with that and it can be mm. enough of a struggle to make them go oh here I can't do this and have, do you know so I think to be able to let them know that something as simple as you know using certain breathing techniques and the correct breathing techniques can get them mm. over that hump a little bit um, and understand 
where they can take it from there. Um, it's massively important. Yeah, de- definitely. I think the couple of points you made there about the Couch to 5K, it's a great program. So what I do with some of my clients who are doing that is say to them, actually, when you are doing the running element, do it nasal breathing. So that gives them that little extra thing to work on. So if you can comfortably nasal breathe the running element, because again, that gives them a starting point yeah. to, to, to work on the Couch to 5K. Because again, that's focused on time, which is fine run for two minutes or run for whatever. And if you build that up gradually, that works. But if somebody's not breathing efficiently and running for two minutes is hard work to someone who's breathing efficiently when running for two minutes isn't hard work and depending on what people's fitness levels are. So again, that's just a great point just to say, look, when you do the, the running element, just practice your nasal breathing, see how your nasal breathing goes. Yeah. And the other thing, again, that you hit the nail on the head was that you have to, like we said at the very beginning, you really have to look at what you're, how you're breathing in everyday yeah. life because it's not just a case of, all oh, right, I'll just nasal breathe now when I'm running because if you're breathing through the mouth when you're sleeping, if you're breathing through the mouth when you're working, if you're chronically over-breathing, that has a massive effect on how you train. So it really is addressing all of those breathing pattern disorders first in everyday life mm. because training is part of your everyday life. Yeah not just for your training that you're using this it is applied across the board yeah mm. yeah fantastic well lots of um insight i think that's the real thing it's not necessarily food for thought for me because i've been aware of this but insight mm. and clearer insight um because it's it's you know it's it's fine you know you can go on the website and there's tons of information on the website um sometimes it's good just to hear it from a professional like yourself broken down and explained a little bit more um to make it clearer because uh i don't do science <laughs> <laughs> well most people don't they just want to know what is going to help them so hope, hopefully we hopefully i haven't waffled on too much and we've given some some simple pointers to how to to improve your efficiency yeah for sure for sure i think we're going to have to schedule like a 6 a.m run at the end of june <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> definitely so 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 looking forward to attending the training um it's what the 22nd to the 24th isn't it it is yeah yes. yeah, yeah, yeah so it's, it's not long actually i know yeah because i'm actually heading over to you on the 21st um, um, yeah arriving in on the 21st and um yeah i'm really looking forward to the training it's definitely going to be a, a, a game changer for me anyways um to understand it at a, a deeper level and uh, looking forward to meeting you. Yes, well, we'll definitely, we definitely arrange a run because I know we've, I know at least two runners who are coming on, on the court, and it's a beautiful part of London. It's in Highgate, and we've got the Heath, and we've got so we'll definitely organise a, a run around there in the morning before we start. Brilliant, brilliant! I'll practice my breathing between. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I stopped running with my coach because um it used yeah. to frustrate me because you couldn't hear him breathe. <laughs> as you pick up the pace so I was like <gasps> trying to keep up and it just frustrated me so um we, we stopped going for runs um so yeah I'll um my goal for the end of June will be that you won't hear me <laughs> great thank you so can't hear your feet can't hear your breathing that's what we want <laughs> excellent thank you so much for your time and thank you for answering those questions thank you Sharon